Hello and welcome to another episode of Board Game Impact. As always, this is Bruce and I'm joined by... Ho, ho, ho. This is Josh. And we hope that no matter where you're listening to this from, that you are able to celebrate the holidays, whichever those are. We just happen to have this intro music for this, but no matter what holiday you choose to celebrate or don't, um, we're just so thankful to get to have these winter seasons together and spend time together um, and just come together as friends and, and family and all this time. And we, heck, 2020 has been a heck of a year. So coming together, whether virtually, things like that, it's really important. So we encourage you to do this. And that's why we're going to do this episode. So Josh, what are we doing for this episode? Well, Bruce, for this episode, we're going to talk about what are the games we are hoping make it under our tree this year. Exactly. So for us, um, Josh and I do both uh, and our families both do celebrate um, Christmas. But regardless, it's really just the spirit of giving. Um, And so that's why we just thought this would be cool um, just to hear what things we're looking forward to. And but in this different vein of light. Um, And so, Josh, I think it's important to start us off not with what we want, but how do we ask for it? And oh, and by the way, real quick, if this is your first episode of Board Game Impact, um, first of all, that's a very different intro than normal. Uh, but second of all, what we are is we're a bi-weekly podcast on gaming, and Josh and I both work full-time in, higher, in education, um, and we apply those educational lenses to our gaming experiences to break them down for the benefit of you and your gaming group. If that sounds like something of interest to you, like make sure to hit subscribe. And if you want to learn more about us and see some like behind-the-scenes stuff, you can also head on over to BoardGameImpact.com um, to learn that, or check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash BoardGameImpact. But with that being said, Josh... Josh, how the heck do we even tell people about what we want for the holidays or a birthday, whatever? What do you do? So this is really challenging for me. And I think it's probably something that's challenging for a lot of gamers out there, especially if you are interested in things that revolve around gaming and you have family that may not really understand or be involved in the hobby. Um, so one thing that that my family does, and it's just kind of become our thing, is we have each of us have an Amazon wish list that is shared with the rest of the family that we can add things to as we go. Generally, personally, I I would prefer to send people other places. You can find places games cheaper. It different online retailers um it's nice to support local game stores all those types of things but we just find because my family is a little spread out that it is just a little bit easier to just have that amazon wish list if people want to go looking other places and find a better deal or support local businesses in their areas they are welcome to do that but that gives everybody kind of a starting point at least um what about you bruce yeah so um so just to let me just clarify that so you send them a list of potential places um they could get a gift card to and or um an amazon wish list now is that an independent Pendant Amazon wish list? Like, do you have one? Does your significant other have one? Or is it like your family wants this combined wish list? I'm just curious. So for us, yes. So I didn't mention this. So for my my in-laws, uh generally prefer to 
um, have one or two smaller things that they give to us to open on Christmas morning. But for the most part, we do they do uh, gift cards. Um, And so I give them a, a handful of places that I would be interested in having a gift card to. They want to make sure that the money they are spending is going to something that's going to be put to use and mm-hmm. something that we're going to love and cherish. And um, as much as a gift from them will be that in their mind, um, us being able to go and, and spend their money the way that, that we would want to um, is just what makes them feel good for for my family, it is an independent list. Okay. Um, now, certainly there are things on my wish list that are for both my wife and I, and I'm vice versa with her as well. Okay. But um, yeah, generally speaking, we, we view the holidays as a pretty independent thing. If we want something together, we usually buy it for each other or we buy it together. Um, and so the holidays tend to be a much more individualized thing in our household. Sure. And I thank you for clarifying that as it's, I think it's just important that we um, acknowledge those things and, and cause that's, we each celebrate these things differently. Right. Um, so for me, since you asked, um, I do it completely different. Um, so for me, I actually use a the same Google Doc. I've been using it for like three years. Um, and what I do, I send it out about a month and a half ahead of the holidays. Um, when it's constantly updated. Like, so if there's something that I'm like, yeah, I'd like that, especially essentially starting about six six months before the holiday season. I kind of slow up my buying habits, um, except for certain things because I'm like, I know. I'm not going to ask for certain things for the holidays of a family member. Um, But these things that I could open or celebrate with these things. And so I break that up into like things, game things, and then other things. Um, And I actually list out. So I'll list the game. Um, The most important thing for me, though, with family, because this is a hobby area and it's specialized, just like if somebody was into sports, the prices can vary wildly on things like Amazon and stuff like that, um, just to call that. And I've seen some price gouging over the years. And actually, I have a story about this. Um, Last year, my wife got me an expansion and she bought it on Amazon and it was a early copy of it and somebody price gouged her. And we were shopping in Austin at a game store and she's like, honey, can you go to another store? Because they have what I bought you. I didn't realize that I paid like double and a little bit more MSRP. And so I'm going to return that one online and then uh, pick the one up here. I'm like, yeah, of course, honey. Like I'll just hide, go to another store and you can hide it in the car. Um, It was just very transparent and honest. So um, since then I I do put in a little thing of like how much you should pay for this thing. Um, Like what is MSRP or what is a good price? So I put that kind of in parentheses next to each of the things um, because I don't I don't want my family members to be out those things. And so I, that's just something I would encourage. Um, if not, just kind of give some recommendations or like tell a significant other of like, hey, because I send it to like my wife, my mom, my dad, everybody. I send the list to all of them. So they all talk. So that way they don't buy the same thing. Um, and so you can also do it that way. That's that's just something that I've, I've actually lived and learned the hard way just to put that out there. Yes, I I think that's a really good idea. And I think that's really important to also recognize that uh, a lot of times family 
may not necessarily know what they're looking at. Um, our loved ones may not necessarily be as invested in this hobby as we are. And so uh, the way we usually get around that is uh, my family are instructed to communicate with my wife before <laughs> any purchases of board games to ensure that, A, I didn't buy it and just forget to take it off my wish list because that has definitely happened before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that uh, the price they're paying is a fair and reasonable price. Oh, I got a scolding last year. I will say that uh, from my wife. Luckily, nothing happened. But I had the same list on my like holiday list as I did on my BGG want list for my Secret Santa. And she's like, that could have caused problems, Bruce. And so I no longer do that. I vet the lists and um, on the front end of that. Just as one more warning <laughs> out there. Um but yeah, so we've all got our own ways. I'm curious, listeners, to hear from you. Like, hop on over to our Facebook page or shoot us an email, boardgameimpact at gmail.com. Like, what do you do to let family or friends know, like, what you want for birthdays, holidays? We'd love to hear if it's different and we could share that later. Um, so, Josh, uh, what are you hoping for? Like, what's something on your list? Well, so first and foremost, I want to start off with actually something that I've already received um, because we've been talking about it for the last month and a half or so. Mm -hmm. uh, And that is the BGG Secret Santa. And so my gift from my Secret Santa came in not too long ago as we are recording this. uh, And I am thrilled and over the moon. And I realized after the fact that I did the same thing, Bruce, um, and this was on my Amazon wish list, so I had to go back and correct and hopefully caught it before anyone else noticed or or purchased it twice. But I ended up with a copy of Maracaibo, uh, a nice. game by Games Up Workshop. Uh, sorry, Games Up, uh, yeah, Workshop, uh, designed by Alexander Pfister. Uh, and I am over the moon about this. This has been at the top of my wish list for quite some time. Sat down and started learning it the other day. Uh, Great Western Trail, which is another mm-hmm. of Alexander Pfister's phenomenal games, uh, is very similar in style uh, and, and kind of general design as Maracaibo and is one of my all-time favorite games so i am really really excited to get this one to the table uh it's just taking that that kind of great western trail mechanic of traveling around the board uh collecting resources and delivering them and taking it out of the wild west with cattle driving in great western trail and putting it into the caribbean Mm -hmm. with sugar and spices and tobacco as your goods that you're trading yeah i absolutely really, want to play really. this yeah yeah well i this is definitely one of those that that is gonna live in my game bag until it gets played out because it is i i think it's just alexander fister does amazing amazing work and so i'm really really excited to to give this one a shot seems a little bit on the heavier end from great western and sure. that is might put some people off because great Western is not a light game by any means. Uh, but definitely something that I'm excited to get to the table. 
Well, sweet. I look forward to, obviously you have it. And so I look forward to hearing out on an upcoming episode, Josh. That'd be great. Um, so I'm going to start with the weirdest thing on my list, if that's okay with you. Um, and uh, so I'm going to start. So as you know, listeners, especially from the last episode, um, the last two episodes, I've talked about like me getting really more into miniatures and painting and things like that. This is more of the miniatures and painting um, slash may, might be a fun D&D session I want to do at some point. At some point, like I don't even care if I don't actually play a D&D session of this. I just think it'd be really cool. Um, and so that is I want to get from Steamforged Games Animal Adventures Dungeons and Doggies Volume 1. So what this is, Josh, have you heard of this? I have not. Uh, there was a delay. There was a hesitant delay there, Josh. You're like, what is this? Um, so what this is, they did a Kickstarter um, a couple of years ago, I think. Um, and they essentially made a campaign for if you were dogs and cats in like a D&D type of realm with like wizards and all of that kinds of stuff. Um, and so this one, I'm pulling it up, is... The first volume they did, there's like five volumes now. And so there's also like, there's cat ones too, by the way. Um, but I'm pulling it up. Sorry, I need to pull it back up. So this is the one that can, contains Cornelius, the golden retriever wizard, Thedric, the chihuahua rogue, Circe, the St. Bernard cleric, uh, Svetlana, the beagle barbarian, Flint, the blue healer ranger, and wait for it. Morgane, the Dash Hound Sorcerer. So, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I want this real bad. I, I have seen these miniatures. I did not know there was a game associated with these miniatures. I just thought these were cute miniatures that people could buy as companions in your D and D campaigns. It's almost like a it's a like a five e supplement. Like they kind of tweak the rules type of thing. Um, that's what it is. This is absolutely adorable. I strongly encourage listeners to go and look this game up because. Now you have uh, me wanting to <laughs> uh, find this and, and get a copy of this, Bruce. So the thing about this, just for full transparency on this set. So first of all, I was born and raised having golden retrievers growing up. Like we had a litter of golden retrievers when I was in kindergarten. And then we started having dachshunds because that's what my mom had growing up. And right now, as we're recording this, Penny, my long hair miniature dachshund, is laying on my lap. Um, and she's on my lap for every recording. And then a friend, another couple here in town, they have a blue healer. And so I kind of want to paint this up um, and surprise them with a D&D thing at some point. And I'm going to paint it up like their dog um, for the blue healer. Um, so it's just kind of fun. But yeah, that's the weirdest that's, thing on my list. <laughs> that's that's definitely weird, but definitely super cute. And, and I love the idea of, of painting them up for your uh for your friends to to see their dog in uh miniature um swashbuckling form <laughs> yeah yeah so josh um what about you what's a what's a game on your list that you like or game or other thing on your list that you don't already have because <laughs> you haven't even started haven't even started my wish list here so 
kind of inspired by our last couple of, of episodes and mm-hmm. uh, conversations that we've been having around kind of your investment in Warhammer. Uh, listeners to our last episode will recall I, I mentioned in passing uh, Warcry, uh, which is uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar's kind of small skirmish style tactic tactical miniatures game um, and being interested in that. And so having done a little bit more research into the game, into the system, all of those types of things, I'm pretty in on this right now, this idea of getting a war cry band together. And I really think it'd be a lot of fun. I've identified my band. I want to try these cypher Lords mm. um, really kind of interesting, like, almost egyptian style or or not egyptian like kind of mediterranean i guess yeah because they're they're shirtless like it's too hot yeah (laughs) yeah it's that it's that like ancient mediterranean like greek slash egyptian style um like characters just have a really cool kind of design and an aesthetic that i really enjoy um so i'd love to to get a set of these and paint them up so that way uh we can we can get together and do a little uh war cry yeah uh, action here at some point bruce oh josh i cannot wait and honestly i love the fact that you didn't even bring it up to me until we were live recording (laughs) for that episode um so I did a lot of research since then, Josh, and you've really like you're scratching an itch for me of this war cry. Like, so I have these big books for 40k Warhammer 40k. That's just the sci-fi one. It's the one I have the big army for now um, that I've been working on. Um, and war cry, I love the fact, Josh, that it's like simple cards um, with a picture of the mini of what it this looks like theoretically because you can paint it different. So theoretically, but the stats are just on the card with symbols representing them. Like you don't have to consult a book really for anything. Like I, ha- I bought the Warcry book and most of it's just lore and like different types of arrangements to explain the cards more for like layouts for like terrain. Um, so I'm really excited, Josh. And there's a reason that there's no Warcry on my list. Um, and that is because I've already purchased two war bands and some terrain um, because I see this as the way that I'm going to be able to get people who haven't played miniatures games or gotten into painting and stuff. I see this as being something so easy for me to teach that I bought two war bands. So that way I can have someone come over when it's safe to do so and play. Um, and so I'm, th- I want to say thank you, Josh, for telling me about this. And also I, w- I hope that you get your war band under said tree. Uh, yeah yeah i i i'm really excited i one of the reasons it interested me in the first place is because this is definitely i think just looking over it reviewing it um learning more about it this is definitely the thing that is most easily accessible and easy to get into yes and so you don't like you said bruce you don't have to spend days learning this massive expansive rule set you you really can sit down and learn and play a game in an afternoon i think you can do it faster than that because there's the becca scott video that does it in about 20 minutes um and so i'm very excited thank you josh for introducing me to this and if you're curious listeners the two war bands i have purchased are the stormcast eternals and the night haunts if you want to look into those 
but continuing in the Warhammer Games Workshop area, <laughs> Josh, I do have something on my list. Um, and that is I have the Warhammer 40K Battlezone Manufactorum Sanctum Administratus. Um, now, what the heck that is, and besides trying to make it sound all fancy, thanks, Games Workshop. Um, it's a three-story building um, that's like a ruins type thing. Um, I want that because it it's the one extra piece for the terrain set that I got um, that, that I don't have, A. But then, B, it's just something cool that I'm like, do I really need a three-story thing? But I think having it come as a present from somebody and getting to build that and paint that um, will just make it meaningful. Um, and so that's why I put it on my list um, because I did want to have something on there that would be meaningful for family and things like that to give into this thing that I've been dedicating a lot of time to and it's been really filling my bucket. But terrain something that's going to be out there for like every time I play. Um, and so I want them to feel that they actually invested in something that there's utility in for me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why that's on my list. It's, it's a pretty cool looking building thing, Josh, if you ever look at it, look it up, um, or listeners, if you look it up. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's on my list for that. Um, yeah, you're going wild with this Warhammer stuff, Bruce. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, a lot of this terrain stuff, I think it's really, really cool looking and, and I think you can really do some, amazing stuff i'm in a space right now where i have no idea where i would put this thing (laughs) because it's it's a it's a it's a set piece for sure yeah Yeah. um yeah i i would love to see this sitting in your game room bruce i think thanks yeah i do have those like little shelves so i'll be able to put it there um but the reason why by the way i'm not just using random terrain and things like that um, Games Workshop did something really clever with the terrain. And same thing goes actually for the Warcry terrain, Josh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, for the 40K terrain, I have these things called data cards that are designed for this manuf- battle zone manufactorum type terrain that actually adds rules into the game to make it like you're interacting with a building that exists in that world, um, which I think is just super clever and cool. And so... I, since I had nothing for terrain, I'm like, I'm going to invest. So I have the other parts of it. Um, but yeah, so that's, what's going on there. Um, but I feel like I need to throw a board game out here. How about that, Josh? I think that's a good idea, Bruce. That's a good idea. I'm going to go completely different. I'm going to go do a simple card based thing. Um, and that is something that I would like to experience, um, with and, and do with my wife. Um, I would love to get the star Wars unlock game from space cowboys. Um, so if you're not familiar with the unlock series, unlock is a series of like escape room, like it's escape room game, but it's all cards and you use an app on your phone or iPad, whatever, uh, to interact with it, uh, because it had like little puzzles and things. I've never done an unlock, but I've heard time and time again that they just keep getting better and better and better. And I'm a huge star Wars fan. And this one, it's like 30 bucks. And it includes three different unlock games in it. All of them are Star Wars themed. Um, so I know like one is, takes place in space. One takes place on almost like a Tatooine. And I don't know. And I think the other one takes place on like a in a ship, um, which is pretty cool. And I'm intentionally avoiding spoilers on this because I don't want to spoil anything for listeners um, because there's it's an escape room, um, but all using cards. And so that is something that I would like to experience 
because each of them takes about an hour. And the best thing about the unlock games, from what I've been told, is you can do it. And then in these like f- harder um, fiscal times, um, you can then hand that off to a friend and they can then do their own little thing. It's because it doesn't have anything that's consumed that I know of. Um, but in all the other ones of unlock series, they haven't had that. Yeah, I think uh, I've not done any of the unlock games. I've played a couple of the exits, um, and I really, really love exit games. And I love going to escape rooms during mm-hmm. non-lockdown COVID times. But uh, I think this would be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it looks like you have three different options, which I think is a really cool way to kind of make it worth your this is this is definitely i overlooked this because of the price point um it's 35 dollars uh for or on sale sorry um is 35 dollars uh and and i thought that was a little bit pricey for a one-time play game i had not realized that that was three different games in one box so Pretty cool, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like 10 bucks a game, which means if I'm doing it with one other person, it's 5 bucks a person to play it. Um, but if I had a group of four, it could be 2 bucks and 50 cents, which is nothing um, in yeah. comparison to like paying to go to a movie and things. So what's a game on your list? So let's kind of take it in another different direction from yeah. a light little card game to something real big and beefy. And one that I am 1,000% going to butcher <laughs> the name of. Uh, yep. So we're going to give this a shot here. Tawantinsu. I think that's pretty close. Uh, I, I think that's right. It's it's the uh, Incan Civilization game uh, designed by... Uh, sorry, it's the Inca Empire is, is the... Ta- uh, subtitle for it designed by david turchy one of my favorite designers um has designed tricarion and anachrony both of which are among my favorite games uh, and also worked on a few other games that i really really love uh being published this year by board and dice was released in october of this year and this is another in those line of uh, Zulkin, Teotihuacan, Tekenu, these tea-based games, uh, named games. Uh, and, and this one, while... So David Turchi had worked on some of those other games previously, but this is his first time designing a game in this series by himself. Mm. And I think this looks really, really interesting, really cool incredibly complex when you look at this board uh you're looking at it is a five-sided tiered step up uh with a whole bunch of symbols on it Mm -hmm. and and really really funky looking symbols uh and and the idea here is that you are taking actions that are becoming more powerful the closer you get into the center of this kind of pyramid-esque style um, burial mound uh, set in the Incan Empire. It and looks so it, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. Like I said, I adore every game that I've played 
um, that that David Turchi has had a hand in. And so I this is just one of those another one of those games that I just think would would be great to add to my shelf. Um, I I love all of his games um, and I love all of these T-styled ancient civilization building games. Yeah, and I gotta say, it's got one of the coolest little meeples I've seen. These little sorcerers with like holding the staff up um, and those little steps that you can even have to go from layer to layer. Sorry, I'm going all deep in the board game geek. Um, well, that's cool, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful because that looks really, really, really cool. Um, so yeah. So yeah. speaking of cultures um, and things like that, I feel like I should do this one. Um, yeah. I am excited about, and I don't have extreme detail here um but i'm excited about clash of cultures monumental edition by WizKids. um so clash of cultures i play i got to play with dean um in our gaming group here in um, texas and i forget who else was playing it with us it was a three-player game uh, it was me bruce was it you it was me this it was the, that long like, ago it was that long ago. Oh my gosh! I am sorry, Josh. <laughs> no worries. It's been it a was, twenty twenty. It was a while ago, but it is. Uh, yeah, this game is fantastic. I I love this game, Bruce. I'm very jealous. I'm I'm very I'm jealous hopeful. that you still have Dean around to be able to play this with you at some point. I do. I do. Um, I am so sorry, Josh. Listeners, that's a complete fail on my part. Um, <laughs> um, but Class of Cultures, if you're not familiar with it, it's a game that came out, honestly, a while ago. Um, by, 2012. Uh, yeah, and Zev made it, um, which is cool. Um, and Clash of Cultures is essentially age of um, it's civilization, um, and it's probably the best implementation of a civilization game that I have played where it combines the exploration of a map, the building up of your own little like city, the expansion to make new cities, having barbarians, having um, raiding you or raiding barbarians, um, having different events come up, having your tech tree. So it was definitely a 4X style game. Um, but the way they did it, it really simplifies a lot of things because you have this really cool player board in front of you that's got your tech tree that you can then slot things into, uh, which is just fascinating the way they did it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Like when Josh and I got to play it, I guess, um, with Dean and it's, it's kept my mind going like since then of, um, how, like there's the me- the mechanics and the way they did different things in the game, and I know I'm not giving that much detail, but it's been a while because I have it's a it's a hard game to get to the table because it we played it for like three and a half hours, but that was including learning it, and it's not a game I easily have access to right now. Um, but I'm excited about it because Clash of Cultures came out with some expansions, two expansions that didn't like change things, but just added things in, um, in a good way. And class of cultures, monumental edition brings all of that together. It's almost like a celebration box with upgraded components and everything else. Um, so I'm excited about it because this will be my pivotal, um, civilization game in my collection. If I'm able to get this. Absolutely. Bruce. I think this is in my mind, the seminal, civilization game out there right now um 
specifically when it comes to that tech tree, I don't, mm-hmm. I can't think of another game that has a better implementation of a tech tree in my mind than what Clash of Cultures uh, put out there. Right. Um, and I would say, yes, tech tree, but tech tree in a civilization game. Yes. Because it like there's some games that are good and they're just a tech tree. <laughs> um, so there's a new one like Beyond the Sun from Rio Grande. That's really just a tech tree game. But um, this has everything else that I've wanted from a civilization game in it. Um, so yeah, the, I, yeah, I'm excited about this. Absolutely. Yeah. The And the upgraded art and components for the Monumental Edition just look fantastic. That was... Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one... One thing to to knock uh, the original is it came out eight years ago and the plastic that the minis mm-hmm. were made of wasn't the highest of quality, but I think this looks fantastic. Yeah, they've definitely upped their game, which is for minis from a from WizKids being good is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, just going to put that out there. They yeah. tend to have droopy <laughs> miniatures, which are droopy, like if it has a sword, it kind of droops down yeah hangs down josh what do you got uh so let's uh let's let's go with another kind of expansion okay uh, to i know you don't own clash of cultures but but a big big piece of it that is the expansions there but Mm -hmm. i am very very interested and i don't know how i had convinced myself that i had pre-ordered this (laughs) <laughs> and I went back and I checked my bank account and oh, no. no, never, never paid for it. <laughs> um, so listeners of our show, um, I'm going to once again, add to the caveat here that this is not a Stonemeyer games podcast. Despite uh, every episode before this <laughs> talking about Stonemeyer constantly. Yep. Um, I really want to get my hands on a copy of the Plans Employees expansion to Tapestry. Um, so Tapestry is another civilization building game, kind of. Um, arguably not a civilization building game, though that was the intended idea behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a very very interesting and fun. Uh, little game that that not little um mm. very very fun game mm-hmm. where you are um trying to kind of go through the four x but the four x are just kind of tracks that you're moving yourself up um either exploring or gaining territory conquering territory um or going up on tech or science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plans employees just kind of adds uh, a few more uh, cards to the deck. It adds a few more options in terms of your players that you can choose from um, and a, a few other kind of twists that, that I think just make the game uh, sounds like even better. Mm-hmm. Um, I not had a chance to play it yet, but it's definitely on on my wish list here. I think I'm really excited about it. Um, also, by the way, Josh, it throws in a uh, a bag so that way you can put the tiles into the bag instead of having to stack them up for the random draws, which like that might not seem like a lot, but that's real nice. 
Um, yeah, I did pick this up. I did pre-order this. Um, I talked about it in a previous episode. We just haven't gotten it to the table, but in this holiday break, I know it's a game we're going to be playing. And so we're definitely going to be reporting out on plans employees in an upcoming episode. Looking forward to it, Bruce. Yeah. So a game on an expansion on my list that I'm just going to call it. I'm not getting to this to the table probably in 2021, unless some really great things happen with logistics of, vaccines um like really great logistics but there is no way that this is not going to end up in my collection um at some point and that is i am really hopeful for um and even with like even though i won't get it to the table necessarily there's other things i can do with it and that is the twilight imperium fourth edition prophecy of the king's expansion from Fantasy Flight Games. So if you are not familiar with Twilight Imperium 4th Edition, this game's been around since the early 90s-ish. By fan- it's the game that put Fantasy Flight on the map um, into the behemoth they are now. Um, it is another 4X-style game. So um, we've talked about that with the two Civilization games just now, but this, start- this is in space. Um, you start the game with one of 16 different factions that come in the base box for fourth edition. And you're choosing between your tech tree, um, which this does have a phenomenal tech tree, um, battling different people, moving things around, activating different things. Um, and once someone settles the min- the middle planet, which is Mechatol Rex, it adds in a whole diplomatic, almost like a galactic UN. So there's like, all this diplomacy and backstabbing and voting on laws that happen in it, that this game is so much fun. This is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I know it can be a beast and some people are like, Ooh, that's going to be an all day type game, but this all day type game will keep you engaged. Um, if you like Epic, this is a game you need to try. Um, and so, and if, if you're like, how do I get this to the table? Cause usually it's got like a two and a half hour per player, especially, or three hours per player. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's all new players caveat there. Um, but if you're hoping to get twilight Imperium to the table and you have it or have a friend who has it and you want to play it, do reach out to me. Um, and I'll send you some really cool resources, um, that have helped me get it to the table more often. Um, and run games for others, even actually from a distance. It's kind of crazy, but I have. Um, but Prophecy of the Kings adds in more factions that you could start the game with, which is fascinating. So I think there's like 23 now. If you add in the Prophecy of Kings expansion, it adds in um, two more colors. Um, so it adds in a pink color. Um, I forget the other one. But then it also adds in a new unit type um, for every single faction and the subsequent cards for it. And that is mechs. Um, So instead of just having troops that go down to a planet that you're trying to conquer or things like that, you can send in mechs. And every faction, yes, every faction of the 23-ish factions, their mech does something different, which is really cool and it's all like tailored to towards that like how that race or how that faction would do that kind of technology um which is really cool um it also adds in this is like one of those expansions where you add all the things you just add it it's a you add it and it's permanently part of your game 
Um, it adds in um, some variable player power, which is not something that the game really had before, in which there's um, three levels. So there's a new power that you'll, be get, to, you'll get to do every round. Um, another thing you can unlock that's tailored towards your faction that you get to do like once or twice in a game. And then like a super epic mode um, power where it's like you get to do that thing once in the game and it is like it's a it's a experience making moment that it will facilitate um because it's those like not flip the table but like oh my gosh like this just happened or like uh if you've ever seen the memes uh, a hold my beer type moment um <laughs> where it's like you're going to remember that that story that then happened and there's even more that's added into this like um there's hidden planets in these like gas clouds that you can explore it adds things you can do on the planets um and i could keep going i'm not there's a really good hour-long fantasy flight unboxing that they don't even show all the content for just to show you everything that is coming in this game um, that I'd recommend watching. They did that for Gen Con and I watched the entire stream and have been jumping at, at this since it was announced. I, I cannot wait. So <laughs> I do just want to add a caveat here. Sure. Sure. For our listeners, this is a hundred dollar expansion. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, this is not, I think, everyone's cup of tea. I've personally right. never played Twilight Imperium. Um, I will not speak negatively of it, uh, but there's a reason why I've never played it. I just have always been of the opinion I'd rather play four games than sure. one. Sure. Um, that being said, I also play longer games too. So <laughs> I, um, I I don't know that this is necessarily for me, but it's definitely something that I think is a uh, people love it, right? People mm-hmm. adore Twilight Imperium and I would love to give it a shot at some point, but it is a it's a commitment. High it is a high barrier to entry style game, uh, yes. both from a price, a rule set, uh and just a time commitment. Yeah. Um so I own it. I do own the base game, obviously. Um, and you're right. It is a commitment. Personally, I've had the game for two and a half years, and I've played it six times. Um, so whether it's my copy or someone else's copy. Um, but yeah, it is a commitment. It is those kind of things. And that's why I said, if you want help getting to this to the table, please reach out to me and I'll send you some resources that I have been able to send to players in advance. So that way it speeds everything up. Um, like super everything up. Um, I'd love to be able to help you. So please do reach out. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about this, Josh. And I will give the other caveat though. The reason it's a hundred dollars is because it's adding content for all of the 16 pre-existing factions from the base game. So it's new minis for every single one of them, new cards for every single one of them. Um, but yeah, it is a investment to say the least. Um, oh, I, I understand why it is the price that it is. And I think, you know, it's, it's a, you know, incredibly well-designed game. Um, and so I, I do, I am hopeful for you because Thanks. I would love to see you, um, get this. I would love to see it hit the table and I'd love to hear how, how it affects the game and how it affects your experience in the game, Bruce. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And so that is the 
definitely the biggest thing on my list um, for an expansion. But Josh, how about we give uh, one more thing each um, and then just something fun after that. Just something completely random, not necessarily board game related, but maybe adjacent or fun. Sure, sure. Uh, So the last thing that I want to uh, mention here on my list is game that i've talked about a few times on the the podcast in the past and that is yokohama um yokohama came out from tiny minstrel games uh at least the most recent edition was uh, and i fell in love with this game the first time i played it uh unfortunately the the person from my game group who owned yokohama just moved to florida oh so uh, we are sad to lose uh, the other Josh from our game group. Uh, I'm sure he will be back and around eventually for uh, some various random days here and there. But uh, without that copy of Yokohama, I am I am strapped for where to get this type of experience because it's a game unlike any mm-hmm. that I have played before, um, just in terms of how... It is a worker placement, but how you place your workers and decide which actions to take is incredibly unique and incredibly, incredibly um, fun to puzzle out. Um, it is it is a game that is a puzzle mm-hmm. to the nth degree. Um, really, really enjoyable uh, play, though. So really hopeful for to get a copy, um, especially the the new TMG copies. Um, the original had a lot of not so great components. Um, most recently, the TMG uh, components were were much much better. Yeah, and I'm sorry to hear about your gaming group losing another Josh and him <laughs> going to Florida. Um, there can be only one. Bruce. There can be only one. Um, we can say that about Justin's here. There's so many. <laughs> there's been so many Justins. Um, but with that being said, um, regardless, I'm excited that it's on Board Game Arena and things like that. Um, so no matter what happens, you and I can play it from a distance, and you and Josh can also keep playing it from a distance. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so for me. Um, the last thing I have in terms of gaming related on my list or gaming directly related um, is more Memoir 44. Um, so I mentioned on the last episode that my Secret Santa for BGG acted real fast and got me an expansion for Memoir 44, um, the Eastern Front, which adds in Russia. And Memoir 44 is a two-player um war game in which one person's access one person's allies you're playing cards to move your little units around the board really fun justin and i um, played through 32 games of it in 2019 because we played all 16 of the base game base game missions that are actual historically based on different things it gives you like the dates and um, who was involved in the different battles which is really cool and that that's in the rule book um, and then i just got this other expansion um, but these expansions have been hard to come by um, until now, cause they've been out of print. Um, and so I got the Eastern front. And so the t- other two that I'd really like to get my hands on that are currently back in print are the Mediterranean and then the Pacific theaters. Um, and if possible, then just the double sided winter slash desert board map. So that way, it, instead of putting like winter tiles or water tiles, um, on a like forest, um, and be able to put them on the respective things. 
So yeah, so that's just that's that's what I'd like to get my hands on to really get more plays out of this game that's obviously already paid dividends in terms of its bang for its buck um, for me and some friends here. That's awesome, Bruce. Mm-hmm. So let's leave our listeners with one more thing, um, and that is just something fun. So I actually want to shift gears a little bit here yeah. for for my topic, Bruce, and and something away from just what I would like, um, because as much as I love uh, getting gifts and and yeah. receiving copies of, of games and being able to share those games with other people, um, it's always always fun to to give um, as much as receive, mm-hmm. and so. Something that I'm really looking forward to this year, my wife uh, actually just for her birthday um, decided to buy herself with a little bit of birthday cash from family and friends and such uh, to go out and get herself a cricket maker. Um, for nice. People not aware of what a cricket is. I had no idea. Uh, I just knew it was a very, very expensive thing that my wife wanted uh that that i was happy to help her uh try and get her hands on and and support her in her hobbies which is largely revolve around crafting Uh, but cricket makers are a a little machine that you can program to cut out stencils uh you can make like acrylics out of them, uh, cut out acrylics and and put them onto different things. You can um, make vine, cut vinyl with it, uh, and and make like screen prints for cups or different things like that. So my wife is a very crafty person. She likes to sew and do all those types of things. So both of our wives really are crafty. Wants... Just to put that out there, yeah, <laughs> they are. Um, so so. Elizabeth, my wife, really wanted this specifically for her quilting to be able to cut oh. her her designs easily and smoothly and um, kind of come up with some unique things there. What I was unaware of until we had it <laughs> is that a cricket maker can actually cut, uh, at least the, the model she has, can cut uh, wood. Um, soft woods like uh, basil wood, which is um, something that is commonly used for board game inserts. So one of my projects that I've been working on and will be working on for the future is to try and design some board game inserts using this Cricut Maker. And so I would like to... I've already started work on a uh, insert for Wingspan and going to be working on a few others and hoping to to have a couple made before the holiday season to give out as gifts uh, to to friends who are in the board gaming hobby. I think it's a really great great way for me to to give some give some joy, give some love to to friends in this hobby who have made this hobby so special. And so, um, feel so much like home to me over the years, uh, to give back and provide some of that, that love that, that 
I feel on a weekly basis during game days. So really looking forward to to doing that, doing it on a budget. The cricket mm-hmm. maker itself is incredibly expensive, but the wood and all of the resources, those types of things are relatively um, reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just something that I'm really excited for um, and hope, to to be able to continue to do well into the future that's going to be really cool and i'm excited for her being on her journey of having some hobby crafting and and like crafting for a really good purpose um that she's going to be able to hopefully get a lot of fulfillment out of and that you're going to get to have some fun with too and experimenting and 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 failing but learning you know what i mean i'm just really excited for y'all um so that'll be cool and also if um, you wouldn't mind, have a reach out to my wife because my wife also has a cricket. I'm not sure which one. Um, and maybe they could work on some things from a distance together because that might be really cool. Um, so yeah, listeners, if you great. if you have ideas of things that based on those mediums that you think would be cool for us to try and make um, or to want to feed that beast um, of ideas, um, feel free to shoot us a message because um, I'd love to either if not um, your wife, you know, Give it to my wife as a challenge and see what she'd see if see if she'd want to do those things. So that might be fun. So Josh, in the spirit of giving and spirit of fun, um, I have one more thing for us, um, and this is where you're going to really want to listen in, y'all. Um, and that is, it's been a couple episodes since we did this, but it's still a thing. Don't worry. Um, but first of all, I'd like to say um, congrats to Justin um, for winning our last. Um, giveaway um, and with his different entries and things like that. And we want to do something for all of you. And that is we've intentionally not talked about this because I wanted to do it a little bit bigger than we were normally doing it. And so um, we're wanna, we're going to be giving away um, $30 um, to miniaturemarket.com. Um, this is not sponsored by Miniature Market, uh, but you can enter that over on the um, on our website, there's now a contest page at the time of this recording and at the time of this episode going out. Go on over there. It's also on all of our social media. And by listening to this episode, you now know the secret code, and that's going to be Alliance, A-L-L-I-A-N-C-E, Alliance, um, which will get you extra entries for listening to this podcast um, and just being part of our community. So again, we're just wanting to do something for you. Maybe buy that Um buy that game that you're wanting or that expansion that you're wanting for yourself um, or for a friend um, after the holidays um, because we'll be doing this drawing after the holidays end. But we do just want to encourage you um, to go on over there. um, And this is just something nice that we want to do for you. Um, So again, it's $30 to Miniature Market. um, And I'm just excited we can do this. Um, Josh, any, any thoughts on that? No, I, uh, I'm very, very excited to be able to, um, put this out there. Uh, good luck to all of our listeners. Uh, go and and fill out those forms or fill out those uh, you know little click throughs to to enter for your chances to win. Uh, and and like Bruce says, uh, you know, best of luck. And and I I hope that you're able to walk away with something that is going to bring a lot of joy and happiness to you and your game group this year. Yeah. And so thank you so much for everything that you've poured into us um, over this last year. 2020 has just been a 2020, um, but we've all been in it together. And I'm just so thankful that we've been able to stay connected. Our listenership has grown. Um, we've been able to do all these different videos and stuff. It's been a good year. And so if you're wanting to um, 
share something with us, by the way, um, you can do the very simple thing of just rating this in your podcast, uh, wherever platform you're listening to this on. We're telling a friend about it. Um, but if you are, if you do have the means, it would mean the world for us for you to become one of our Patreon supporters as well. Um, and so you can find all the links to that in the show notes. But um, again, this is really just about coming together as a community. And we're just so thankful that we get to keep doing this. And um, so, Josh, any kind of closing remarks for our listeners as we're closing out 2020? Yeah, I, I'm not going to... Uh, dwell on the year that 2020 has been and the ups and downs. I, I will say, you know, plenty of people will focus on the negatives mm-hmm. that this year has brought us. Um, I want to focus on just how amazing it has been to be a part of this podcast, um, to uh, be a part of this community, um, you know, I've talked a lot this year about reconnecting with friends that I hadn't gotten a chance to play games with in, in quite a while because everyone was moving online and rekindling those connections and rebuilding those relationships a little bit. Um, Bruce, as always, you've just been an absolute beacon in my life um, recording these podcasts and just being able to chat with you every couple of weeks. Um, makes makes things so much better and so i'm so incredibly thankful to be a part of this um i'm so incredibly thankful to our listeners for letting us be a part of their year um and and i'm looking forward to hopefully many more to come so thank you and josh um thank you um and listeners you wouldn't know this but Um, There's been like personal stuff going on in the background and things. And so I'm just very thankful um, that we do have this podcast and get to record this, but also just as our friendship has continued to grow and and talk about life things. Um, And I've been really appreciative of that in all of this because definitely it hasn't always been the easiest and I'm not going to get into that, Um, but I'm really just thankful and that we do have this such a great community and get to come together for really great things uh, because that's just the really good way to go about your day, right? Um, and so with that, we hope that your time with family and friends, um, during this holiday time, if you're listening to that this time, um, is just wonderful and it's bucket filling and it's giving you the most joy, just spending time or, um, spending thoughts. Um, but also we want you to go into the start of 2021, um, thinking of how you want to continue to grow that impact with your friends and your family, um, and your community. And so um, from us to you, um, we just want to say thank you for a really good and um, perspective building 2020 um, and for everything you've done in our lives. And so with that, go out there and plant the seed for how you're going to make your positive impact in 2021. And we'll see you next year. Bye.